0: If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Mark chapter 4, as we continue on here in this Mark series, and I start things off with how many of you brought an ear of corn today? If you did, just simply lift it up for me. We got one back there. Let, lift them up. Yep, be proud of it. I got my ear of corn. There you go. Awesome. Thank you for bringing those today. Yeah. So on Friday, when I send my preview for Sunday email, one of the very first things I said in that email was, I need you all to bring an ear of corn. And some of you, you're like, whatever, I'm not bringing an ear of corn, which is fine. It totally will drive my illustration home today. So, but and some of you maybe didn't even get the email. You didn't even realize that was going on. That also fits with what we're talking about today. But there are going to be several things about this passage today as Jesus shares parables that I'm going to be using this as an illustration. And if you brought your ear of corn, you're going to just get more out of the message today than the others that didn't bring their ear of corn. But the message is entitled, I'm All Ears. Okay? And I just love how this works together, and uh, I think you'll see why I titled the message this way, but before we get into God's Word, I just want to make a point here. The last several weeks, we've been looking at all these conflicts that Jesus was having with the religious leaders, and there was this tension that's building, and now we're shifting to some of the teachings of Jesus, specifically in the form of parables, and a parable would be an illustration Of some kind of story that Jesus is giving, um, but there's some deep spiritual meaning to these stories, and Jesus used parables to hide these deep spiritual truths to those who were not leaning in to Him. That's an important detail as we unpack the message today. So before we read from Mark 4, starting in verse 1, let's pray. This is God's Word, and so let's ask the Lord to prepare our heart to receive the Word today. Father, we thank You for this time together as we gather around Your Word and trusting, Lord, that uh, You are speaking to every heart. And as this gets personal, Lord, You're speaking to our hearts. What is it that You want to say today? We, We ask, Lord, that every heart would be open to Your Word. We pray over the children's ministry as... As they dig into your word as well, we just pray for a blessing upon this time. Lord, I pray that you would be at work in the spiritual realm, silencing the enemy and the distractions and all the stuff that can uh, prevent the potential of the ministry today. We we lift that to you and we ask, Lord, that you would protect this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Mark chapter 4. Starting in verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore, and a very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore, and he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on footpath, and the birds came and ate it. And other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. And the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns. "...that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, and they grew, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand." Well, later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him, what was meant by the parables? And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled." When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others, and the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's Word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much that has been planted." And then he shifts to some other things. Verse 21, then he asks them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? He says, of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground, and night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how this happens. The earth produces the crop on its own, and first a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens, and as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come." And Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground, and it's the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches, and the birds can make nests in its shade. Now, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, His public ministry... He never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he would explain everything to them. A lot going on here with this passage today. Several parables, and I'll do my best to break them down in the way in which uh, I am understanding them and then studying through these and how to bring them to you and asking the Lord to help me in the process of being able to explain this to you. But verses 1 through 20, we get a snapshot here of the parable of the sower. Sometimes it's called the parable of the soils, parable of the seed, But we have a representation here of four different types of soil. The first one being the path, the second one being the rocky soil, the third one being the thorns, and the fourth one being good soil. And if you just had that story and you didn't even have Jesus' explanation, and, and you think all the history you have of walking with Jesus, imagine if you didn't have that at all. And all you got from Jesus was a story about these soils and a farmer that put seed on these soil. How would you respond to that? Now, these disciples who are following Jesus, they're scratching their head a little bit because they're like, hey, I want to be with you, but now you're starting to talk about things that I don't really understand. And then Jesus begins to unpack this for them. Soil number one, he explains He says Satan comes and he takes the word away from people who have this kind of soil for their heart. And there's another way you can call this. It's people who have hard hearts. And you can be an unbeliever with a hard heart and you can be a believer with a hard heart. And you can go through seasons in life where maybe you're frustrated or discouraged or what have you, or maybe you just whatever it might be, you could be walking in sin and not dealing with that sin. And so there's this hardness of your heart that continues. And so when God's Word comes to you, it's not producing anything. It just bounces right off that hard crust that's beginning to form. But Jesus talks about this soil, and Satan comes to take the Word away from that individual before it even takes root. Soil number two, the rock ground. And in the midst of that, he says these are types of people who receive this message with joy, but it lacks the deep roots. Have you ever planted anything in soil that has lots of rocks? Anybody? Okay, like in a garden, what have you? Hey, a number of you are rock pickers. You know, obviously that's more for your machinery probably than uh, to you know, be able to produce uh, the, the crop. But in the midst of that, if you don't get down deep into the roots, he's saying these types of people will not last when life circumstances come along. Whether it's the troubles that all of us will go through, Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. So there's going to be things we're going to walk through, and the people with that rocky soil, it's just like, it almost, here's, here's my picture of people that have the rocky soil, is when circumstances come along, they have a tendency to blame God for their problems and get mad at Him, and they're, they're done. Like, Lord, how could you allow this to happen? And, and here in the midst of that, the Bible says that we should actually embrace trials and troubles because they're going to produce things in us that may not actually come forward if we didn't actually walk through the trial. So God is going to allow trials and hardships in our life, and He's going to produce some things. But if your heart is rocky soil, it's going to be a frustration, and you may have the temptation to just give up altogether. Soil number three, you have the thorns. And these thorns represent the the worries of of life, the the lure of wealth, uh, the desire for other things. And you see this in our culture. I mean, there is so much at our fingertips in our culture that will block out the Word of God from truly developing in our heart and life. We're so distracted. We're so distracted by all kinds of things. And these distractions... The enemy loves because the Word of God does not grow into all that it can be. It Actually, these things choke out the Word, making it unfruitful in people's lives. The fourth soil is the good soil. These are people who hear the Word and they accept it, and then there's fruit that's produced from the Word that was planted in their life. there's a variety of uh, sizes to the harvest, 30, 60, 100 times more than what was planted. But there's fruit. You can see the fruit. You can taste the fruit. All of that stuff. When somebody has truly received God's Word and their heart is good soil, you're going to see changes in their life. You're going to see fruit in their life. Maybe somebody who's got an anger problem now begins to learn what it looks like to have peace in their life and they're more patient. That's a work of the Word of God through the Spirit of God developing in somebody's life. And you see the results of that. Okay? You can go on and on with that type of thing. Whether it's a sin issue and God's Word comes into their life and they realize they need to step away from that sin issue and walk in a new way. And so, in the midst of that, there's a harvest that's being produced. There's fruit. They're no longer walking in these things that God doesn't desire. They're now walking in things that would be blessed by God. All four soils hear the message. I don't want you to miss this. All four soils hear the message. But only one had ears to hear. Only one had ears. Which one? The good soil. Soil number four had the ears to hear, and that soil produced fruit. I think it's interesting that when the disciples come to Jesus kind of separate from the teaching, and they're going, we need help understanding this, and um, then Jesus begins to share with them, the reason why I'm speaking this way is because I'm hiding some spiritual truths from people who are on the outside. I find that interesting. And so he begins to share the explanation of these parables with his disciples, but he's holding some things back from people who aren't really leaning in who don't necessarily have ears to hear and then Jesus shares this example of the lamp and I want to break this down he, he says would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed he says of course not he says a lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine so to go from telling the disciples I'm hiding these things. And then to later go on and share a parable like this, here's the way I understand why Jesus would share this parable. At that time, he was hiding some spiritual truths from people who did not have the ears to hear. But Jesus is saying there's coming a point when the gospel's going to go throughout the world. And my disciples are going to be people who take that light of the gospel, and we're going to put it on a stand, and it's going to light up the world. Okay? I think that was a circumstantial statement there is, yes, for a time, this light is being a little bit hidden from those who do not have the ears to hear, but there's coming a point where we're going to, we're going to open this thing up and the light is going to go forth with great power. And who's it going to go through? Those who are believers in Jesus Christ. And he says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. And then here's the here's the for me, one of the biggest things with this passage is these next three verses. The ears to hear. Jesus isn't just talking about these ears. Where's our heart? And are we listening from our heart? Ears to hear. Mark 4, 23. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In verse 3, when Jesus opens up the parable of these uh, soils, or the parable of the sower, He begins with one word, exclamation point, Listen! And then He ends things by saying, Hey, if you have ears to hear... He's asking us to lean in with him and what it is that he has to say. Our verse for the week, Mark 4, 24, carefully consider what you hear. He says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. I find this very interesting and here's what I see this passage saying. For those who lean in to me and my teachings, as you lean in, I will give you more. Those who have ears to hear, let them listen and understand. And as we lean in more to God, he's going to give you even more. James 4, verse 8 gives us this truth. We draw near to God. What's the second part of that? And He will draw near to you. I think also Jeremiah 29, 13, when the Bible says, if you seek God with all of your heart, you will find Him. But do we want to put forth the effort? Or do we just expect God to just slap us over the head with a two-by-four? I think of the Beatitudes when Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. Because they're going to be filled. Do we have that hunger I think of the concept of general revelation and specific revelation. And Romans chapter 1 through 3 breaks this down. But Romans 1 talks about how all you got to do is look around in the the skies and the heavens and the creation, and there's a part of you that should say, man, there has got to be a creator. I mean, all of this didn't just happen. There's a design to it. And in the midst of that, when you are looking at all of that, and you recognize that there's got to be a creator, God gives you even more revelation, which leads to special revelation, and that is Jesus Christ. And what are you going to do with him? So there's there's questions sometimes people have. What if you go your whole life and you've never heard the gospel? Will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? Have you ever heard that question before, or have you ever thought about that question? And I think you can look at general revelation and special revelation and you can see in Romans 1 that clearly God has made Himself known by the surroundings of creation and how you respond to general revelation will determine whether or not you get specific revelation. So when you stand before God, whether you've heard about Jesus or not, the Bible says you get a revelation of God and how you respond to that. Those who have ears will lean in even more, and they get that special revelation. Several years ago, I remember being uh, with Brady on vacation, and we were in the hotel room, and we were watching, I don't know what channel, but it was this guy giving a testimony of how he lived this life of drugs and addiction. And there was a certain point where he realized that, man, there is something greater than all of this stuff. And so, you know what he did? He surrendered his life, and he became... Not a Christian, but he actually turned toward a different religion that wouldn't recognize Jesus as Messiah. And then he's sharing his testimony. I no longer did drugs, and I feel like I had purpose in life, and things were going really well. And I remember sitting there watching this, and I'm thinking of the concept of general revelation and special revelation. I'm going, this isn't adding up. This man still has to feel empty because he doesn't yet have Christ. And as he continued on in his testimony, I'm like, I don't even know what channel I'm watching. Is this a channel for that religion? I don't know. And I'm just waiting. And all of a sudden he gets to a point. He goes, but after a while, these things left me empty. And I knew there was more. And then he came to a point where he met Jesus And it changed his life even more. And there I think you got a guy that responded to general revelation and things started happening. But God then eventually gave him the revelation of Jesus Christ. And salvation came into his heart. And God began to do an amazing work in and through him. Mark 4 verse 25. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. This is a principle that's being drawn out here through these parables and there's a pretty strong warning on the flip side of that if you read the rest of verse 25 but for those who are not listening even what little understanding they have it will be taken away how many of you brought your ears of corn today okay Jesus' illustration here is that you're going to be given more if you didn't show up with ears to hear there's a, there's a possibility you're getting into the realm of that hard heart that I touched on with soil number one. Hard hearts continue to harden. You think about this, even what you have will be taken from you. You'll forget things that God has given you in the past. Why should God continue to show us deeper things if we're not willing to do something with what He's already given us? We've got to lean in. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I want to be all ears. I want to be somebody who's leaning in. And I hope you want that too. I can't want that more than you want that. You're not going to go anywhere. I can preach a home run message. And if you're not leaning in, you're not going to grow. So what's neat about this is as we lean in with ears to hear, that one fell on the path. (laughs) So then there's these seeds. You talk about producing fruit. In the parable of the sower, that's an illustration of Jesus, and the word represents the gospel or himself, Okay, but if you take that even further, there's a secondary application here, and that's you and I, we are people who plant seeds. And part of planting seeds is somebody It starts with having the good soil, and God begins to produce things in you to the point where now you are scattering seed. See how he tried to dodge that? There's people you're going to meet that when you share God's word with them, they're like, well, I don't want that. But then he picked it up. He received it. Did you see that? Give you a second chance there. What's our week like, Monday through Saturday? I mean, we all come together and we worship together. But are we people who are planting seeds throughout the week? That's a challenge for us. I mean, I want to be something, somebody who's not only leaning in, but planting seeds in people's lives and then there's this parable Jesus gives when he says the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground and then you get this picture of a seed that is sprouting and you're going how in the world does that happen now some of you who have ag degrees could probably come up here grab the mic and begin this really great presentation of how all that takes place But you know who's behind all of that, don't you? I mean, that's the work of God. He brings life and He grows. And some of you guys who know you haven't had any rain and then you're harvesting your grain, you go, how in the world did we have a yield like this when we had such little rain? God is the one at work in the midst of that. And this, this truth goes beyond just agriculture. We're talking about what's going on in people's lives. We are to be people who are faithful to plant and to water the Word, but as the Apostle Paul says, God is the one who does the growing. You just be faithful to plant. Just be faithful to plant. If I came up to Charles and I planted a seed and it bounced off of him, I find out a week later he didn't do anything with it, I can't come up to Charles and just... Pound him in the heart, hopefully maybe bust up the soil a little bit, right? That's a work of the Holy Spirit. He does that stuff. I just need to be faithful in planting the seed. So we plant. And God does that mysterious, supernatural growth. I can't fully explain that. And how somebody who can have that hard heart, and then all of a sudden there's just this brokenness in them, and now they're good soil. And you stand back and you watch somebody go through that transformation, it's not like, oh, wow, look what Russ did in Charles' life. We go back and we go, look what God did in Charles' life, because God is the one who cultivates that soil. But we are to be people who are faithful in planting and watering the Word. And then here's a truth about the kingdom of God and the gospel starting as small as a mustard seed and growing to be one of the largest plants in the garden, usually running about 12 to 15 feet tall, depending on uh, how much it was growing. But it had branches, and that birds would come in and and nest in those branches. And the gospel is going to start out real small like this, but it's going to explode, and there's going to be a blessing for those who come and seek shelter in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in closing, it says, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach people as much as they could understand. Lord, give us ears to soak in all that it is that you want to do. So our response today, for all of us listening, first off, let's do a soil sample. Let's check our hearts. Where am I at? We have a tendency to be like, well, I'm good soil, you know. I'm here at church, and, you know, but here's the thing. There can be distractions in our life. Now, all of a sudden, you're going, ooh, am I actually... Am I a thorny soil? Or maybe there's an issue going on in your life and you're frustrated to the point where you don't even want to receive anything from the Lord. Perhaps you're dealing with that path and that hardness of heart. Or maybe you're receiving this today with complete joy, but then when you walk out these doors... Life just slaps you back in the face, and you forgot everything we did here this morning in the service. What soil are you? If we took a sample right now, where would you be? The next thing is we need to do a little bit of seed inventory. How much am I planting? Am I planting? Farmers, if you go out in the spring and you just look at your field and you wonder what it would look like if you started planting, but you didn't plant, are you going to have the kind of crop you have come fall? No. So let's not be people who just wonder what it would be like if we started planting seeds in people's lives. Let's start planting seeds. And see what God does with being faithful to do what He's asked us to do. The last question is just simply this. Are we leaning in to all that God has for us? The more you lean in, the more He's going to give you. Let's be people who are all ears because as we hear Him, as we tune in, He's going to continue to give us even more. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be limited in that area. And maybe you're comfortable with that. I'll just take a little bit here and then move on with my life. And just kind of punch the Sunday ticket Well, I'm just telling you this right now. You're missing out. God has so much to give those who lean in and serve him in his kingdom. Just test him in that. I dare you. Lord, I'm going to lean in. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. Would you pray with me as we close? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time and your word. Help us to be people who are leaning in. Lord, search our hearts. What is the condition of our soil? what do you want to do? It's possible with this many people gathered around the Word together that there's somebody listening that when you reflect upon your life, and I, if I asked you the question, is Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life? You may not know how to respond to that. I want you to listen to the gospel. God created you for a relationship with you. The curse of sin separates you from God. But God did not just leave you separated. He made a way by sending his son Jesus to this earth to pay the penalty and the price for your sin so that you can be forgiven and given a relationship with God Almighty. But you must respond to that truth. Do you want to receive Jesus? Or do you want to continue on without? If you desire to receive him today, I just simply ask you to pray with me in your heart. And say, Jesus, today I want to make you my Lord and Savior. I am a sinner, and I need to be forgiven. And so I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me. And make me new. And help me to walk in a new direction that is filled with your purposes. Today I receive you by grace through faith. Thank you for this gift of salvation. Lord, may your followers who are listening right now do a little bit of inventory on the things we do day in and day out. May we be people who are faithfully planting seeds. And we leave the results up to you. And we ask for a supernatural blessing upon the soils of not only our hearts, but those we're going to be ministering to. And may you receive all glory, honor, and praise. Lord, we thank you. And may we lean in. In Jesus' name, amen.